0: what's up everyone good morning and once again welcome to our water's edge online worship experience thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in for those of you that continue to like and share these online digital worship experiences with your circle of influence Thank you so much for doing that. We have people tuning in from all over the place. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us through giving and generosity, maybe meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. You're allowing us to love more people, to show our city and our community the hands and feet of Jesus, to make the kingdom of God visible. You allow us to feed more people, shelter more people, and reach out to more people. So thank you so very much for worshiping with us through generosity, continue to do that. And also stay tuned right after my message for a time of worship with the amazing Water's Edge Band. Today we begin a brand new series, and this series is called... Heat wave. My older brother called me the other day and he said, man, he got, I got really sick the other day. He goes, I didn't know what was wrong. He goes, I just kept throwing up and I, just, I did that all day and all night. He goes, and come to find out I got heat exhaustion. He goes, I got so hot at work that I just got so sick that I needed to rest and be refreshed. Man, we all know this right now. It's so hot that we need a time of refreshing and rest. Anytime you go through a heat wave, That's the danger. We need to be refreshed and we need some rest. And so I honestly want this series to be sort of a a revival for your soul type of series because this is about us getting our passion back for God and showing people the love of God. This is about getting our endurance and our focus back for God and showing people the love of God. This is about you and I getting our intimacy and our strength in our prayer life and our worship back for God and showing people the love of God. This is about you and I getting our Our peace and our direction back from God and showing people the love of God. And so today we begin with part one. Now, some of you here today or listening today are facing some very tough personal battles, some very tough circumstances in your life, and some very confusing situations in your life. Overwhelming battles, overwhelming struggles, overwhelming giants in your life, and you face thoughts in your mind, thoughts that make you nervous, thoughts that make you afraid, thoughts that make you sad and lonely thoughts that make you want to give up and thoughts that make you want to pray. But sometimes it seems like God doesn't answer. And sometimes it seems like none of this is working. Have you ever wanted to know? Have you ever tried to figure out, can God really work in my life? And can God really change my life? And can God really give me direction in this life? Can he really get involved in my life? And can he really get involved in my pain? Can he really get involved in my future, in my present? Can he really get involved in my circumstances? Can he really get involved in my battles? Does God really help us when we need him? And does God really answer our prayers? And if so, how? How does he answer us? How does he change us? How does he work in our hearts? How does he work in our minds? How does he work in our life? How does he grow our faith? How does he change our life? And if nothing changes in our life when we seek God, then why? Why does that happen? If I can't be happy, if I can't forget about my past, If I can't be set free from my hurt, if I can't overcome my biggest battle, and I've tried, then why? I've tried to get God involved. I've tried to get God involved in my faith. I've tried to get God involved in my circumstances. I've tried to get God involved in my life, but nothing has changed. And so that raises the question, why? Have you ever felt so desperate to get rid of a thought because it troubles you? Have you ever felt so desperate to overcome a battle because it troubles you? Have you ever felt so desperate to have peace in your mind because your mind troubles you? I have, and I've wanted God to help me, and I've needed God to help me, and I've begged God to help me, and I've prayed and asked God to help me. And in this series, this is what I want us to talk about when we go through those heat waves in this life, those times of exhaustion, and we need revival in our soul. and we need rest in our soul and we need a refreshing in our soul. This series is about getting our walk with God back to a refreshing place and an exciting place in our soul. Now, God is the creator. And God is our creator, and God created the universe, and He created everything that we can see. But the scriptures also teach us that God, specifically Jesus Christ, created everything that you and I cannot see, which means that He created these principles, these principles, and these ways, and these laws that if we apply them to our life, that's how God moves in our life, and that's how God works in our life. And these principles determine how the world works, and how my life unfolds, and how. How your life unfolds. God created the universe, He instilled principles inside of the universe, and these principles determine how my life unfolds and how your life unfolds. Check out this cool verse in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. "If you're still with me, Sam's still with you." He says for through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we cannot see such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created by Jesus and everything was created through him. So everything that we can see you have to understand God is the creator of that. Everything that you can see, God created that. But also, everything that you and I cannot see, rulers, authorities, dimensions, principles principles, laws, and ways God created those things too. And the way Paul illustrates these principles that God also created is like kingdoms and rulers and authorities. In other words, this is what God uses to determine how things work and how things change. And this is what God uses to change your life and to work in your life. This is what determines how your life unfolds. If you apply these principles that God created to your life in a positive way then it changes your life in a positive way you have freedom and victory and peace but if you apply these principles in a negative way then it produces consequences in your life that are negative you lose your peace more guilt now more regret now now let's figure this out going all the way back to the old testament if you're still with me Sam's still with you King David had a group of men around him a group of warriors and these warriors would do things that were unbelievable. Let me say that again. These warriors that young David had around him in the Old Testament, they would do things that were simply not believable. I mean, this is like movie type of stuff. We pick up today in 2nd Samuel chapter 23 starting in verse 8. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jeshubim, the Hackmanite, who was the leader of the three. So David had three main warriors, and this one, Jeshubim, was the leader of the three, which meant that he was probably the strongest and had the most victories in his life. The three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear. To kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. That's like movie type of stuff. Verse 9. Next in rank among the three was Eliezer, son of Dorde, a descendant of Ahoi. Once Eliezer and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. Verse 10. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword that day, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. And the rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Verse 18, Abishai, son of Zeruhai, the brother of Jehob, was the leader of the 30. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. It was such feats that he became as famous as the three. Notice that these people are doing unbelievable things. Things in battle, mighty things in battle. Verse 20. There was also Benaniah, the son of Jehoi, a valiant warrior from Jezbel, from Kab- Kabzeel, I mean. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. A lion can get up to 500 pounds. It can run over 50 miles an hour. A lion can weigh over 500 pounds of muscle, can run over 50 miles an hour in the snow, and it's slippery, and this warrior chases the lion down. The lion's not chasing him. He's chasing the lion who can run over 50 miles an hour, and he, he jumps into a pit in the snow. The warrior jumps in with him and kills him on this day. These mighty warriors of David did amazing things, unbelievable things like jumping into a pit on a snowy day with a lion that weighs over 500 pounds you hear a fight going on you hear a scuffle going on you expect the lion to crawl out of the pit and the warrior to be dead but when the fight is over the warrior climbs out of the pit and the lion is dead unbelievable now, it's important to note that before these men were David's mighty warriors, they were just misfits. Just ordinary, left-out men who were not good enough to be soldiers in the armies of Israel. But given the chance, they became the mighty warriors of David. Now, let's fast forward to the New Testament and tie all of this in together. This is very interesting if you're still with me. Sam's still with you. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 23. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat, verse 24. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? You could do no work for the Sabbath. You couldn't even pick yourself some food to eat. You're breaking God's law, they accused Jesus and his disciples, verse 25. Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in scriptures what David did when he and his companions... He and his mighty warriors were hungry. He goes on to say that David went into the temple and he and his mighty men ate the bread that was only for the priest on that day. But catch this very subtle but powerful thing that Jesus just did right here. Did he just compare his disciples to the mighty warriors of David in a very subtle way. Can you imagine what his disciples were thinking? We've been treated like losers our entire life. We've been treated like the JV team our entire life. We've been treated like the not good enoughs our entire life. We've been treated like we never will amount to anything our entire life. We've been talked about, labeled, picked on, bullied, and pushed around our entire life. And our rabbi thinks that we can do this. Our rabbi, did he just compare us to these warriors that killed 300 men by themselves in one day? Did he just compare us to these warriors that killed 800 enemy soldiers with a single spear in one day? Did Jesus just compare me to a warrior who chased a lion who weighs over 500 pounds into a pit who runs faster than 50 miles an hour and he jumped into that pit with that lion and killed that lion? Did Jesus just compare me to a warrior like that? And that's exactly what What Jesus did, and when He did that, it set their hearts on fire. It set their hearts on fire. It set off a heat wave, a heat wave in their soul, a revival in their soul, and it made their faith that much stronger, and it made their belief that much stronger. And so, the one principle that I want us to get started with today, and it's really the first one. It's the foundation principle that God uses to work in our life today. It's the foundation principle that God uses to change our life today and to lift us up when this world has knocked us down. And this is what it is, and remember this today. Jesus calls all of us to believe. The first thing he calls us to do is to be people who believe. Notice what he says in John chapter 14, starting in verse 10. Don't you believe that I am the father, I and the father are one, I am in the father and the father is in me. The words that I speak speak are not my own, but my father who lives in me, he works through me. Just believe that I am in the father and the father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. i tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, even greater works, because I am going to be with the father. All throughout the gospels, all throughout the book of John specifically Jesus says start here do this over and over and over again believe he says believe that I am in the father believe that the father is in me and believe that as you follow me you can do amazing things believe 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 and so remember this today if you're still with me Sam still with you your life will never change until you first believe that it can. The power of believing is one of the primary laws that God uses to work in our life and to change our life. Your mind will never change until you first believe that it can. Your circumstances, your heart, your soul, your struggles, your battles, and your life will never change. Your relationships will never change. Your inner peace, your inner strength, your inner endurance will never change and grow until you first believe that it can. Sometimes you just have to chase that lion down, jump into a pit and kill it. That battle that you face, that temptation that you face, that depression that you face, that unhappiness that you face, that discouragement that you face, that anger that you face, that giant that you face feels stronger and faster than you. But sometimes you just got to believe that you can do it. Sometimes that battle that feels stronger and bigger and faster than you, you just got to believe, you just got to rise up, chase it down, chase It down through the snow, jump into a pit and kill it and believe that you can. So let's remember a few things today about belief. Let's start here. Number one, remember this. Jesus calls us to believe in him. Believe this today. Tell your heart this today. Tell your soul this today. Tell your mind this today. Confess this every day. He loves you. Believe in that. He has plans for you. Believe in that. And he's going to use you. Believe in that today. He forgives you. Believe in that today. He is with you. Believe in that today. He is for you. Believe in that today. This belief can change your heart and change your life. Number two, if you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Believe in your value. Believe this today. Tell your heart this every single day. Tell your soul and your mind and your thoughts this every single day. Your life is valuable to God. You're not just loved. You're loved just as much. As anyone else. Let me say that again. God doesn't just love you and he loves other people more. You are just as valuable to God as anyone else, and he loves you just as much as he loves anyone else. And you don't deserve the rejection that you faced, and you don't deserve the betrayal that you faced, and you don't deserve the abuse or the loneliness or the lies that you faced. He does not want that for you. You are worth the value of his son. Believe in your value. Let me say that again. You are worth the value of his son. believe in your value. You are better than the lies that your low self-esteem tells you. You are better than those lies. Believe in your value. Number three, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Believe in your ability to overcome. Jesus compared his disciples to the mightiest warriors of David who did unbelievable things, but they did that. And what feels impossible to overcome in your life today? What is it? What have you tried to stop thinking about in your life right now? What have you tried to stop doing? What have you tried to stop abusing? What have you tried to stop going back to? What have you tried to stop to uh, to giving into? What have you tried to change? What have you tried to overcome? It's not impossible, but let's start here. You must believe that you can overcome it. And then number four, believe in your significance. This world treated David's mighty men like they were nothing. And this world treated the disciples of Jesus like they were nothing. But God used all of them to change the world. And it doesn't matter what this world says about you either prove them wrong you're not unworthy you're not a loser you're not ugly you're not a failure you're not a nobody you're not a fake you're not an imposter prove them wrong and this is where it all starts you got to believe that you can remember this today if you're still with me say i'm still with you your life will never change until you first believe that it can now i want you to notice this confession today on the screen i am god's child I am loved, I am valuable, I am forgiven, I am free. Now, this is my challenge for you this week. This week, I want you to start every single prayer that you pray with this confession. I am God's child, I am loved, I am valuable, I am forgiven, I am free, and believe it. Start off every prayer this week with that confession And believe it and watch your life and your heart start to have peace and grow and mature and change. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Continue to stay plugged in for the amazing Water's Edge Band right after my message. We cannot wait to see you back next week.